message of earthquake in another hadith the prophet said and when I say this I want you to tell not tell me like just reflect and think first I am nearer to the believers than themselves. You know how he explained this, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Nearer means that we have, like, he has rights upon us, that we should give him, that we should support him, right? This is what comes to your mind. He is nearer to us than anyone else. You know how he explained it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He said, I am nearer to the believers than themselves. So if anyone leaves property, anyone dies and leaves behind some property or money or any kind of wealth, it goes to his family. And if anyone leaves debt and dependence and they have no money to sponsor or support them, that let the matter come to me and I shall, I shall be responsible. So he does not take from anyone, he just gives. And when it happened that at any time that some orphans would come to the masjid and their mother would bring them and say like, their father passed away, he says, I'm responsible, responsible for all of them. I will take care of all of them. And he raises them like he raises his own kids. This is how, what it means, the ayah, how, how the ayah means, So this is how our role model, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was. And this is how he was described in the ayah. His wives are our mothers. So this is how we should feel towards each other. That we, we belong to this father, of course he's not a father like in the concept of a father, but he is taking the role, the responsibility of any father. So this is him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and these are the, his wives. Ummahatuna, Ummahatun Mu'mineen. So when we think of this, our rabitah, our ties, what makes me, what made me know you and what made you know me, what made you come here and what made me come here is the tie of Iman. And it has responsibilities, not just sitting there and like meeting each other, then leave. No, it has many of responsibilities. That this is not, يعني, maybe you can talk about this on another day, inshallah. The second message of earthquake when you grieve for their grief, when you feel or suffer for their pain, you get rewarded for that. This feeling that you have. For even a short time, you felt very bad for them. You, you saw and you read in the news or you watched some videos of like, you know, everyone watched those videos and we all are aware of what happened. When you read this and watch the news and keep following up with this news and you grieve for their grief and you feel their pain and you feel like you support them, you have to support them and you send money or send any kind of donations for them, you are rewarded not just for the donations, you are rewarded for that feeling. The pain that you felt. Allah, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, So don't think that this feeling, this sorrow that you felt, or this pain that you have felt, will not like will go away no you will be rewarded for every moment you felt for your brothers and sisters the prophet says no muslim is afflicted by difficulty continuous pain anxiety grief injury or care or even by a thorn with which he is pierced without god allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereby making an expiation for his sins 
So when you feel bad, when, whether you, are, you feel bad for others or you feel bad for something that happened to you, and this moments of sorrow or grief or sadness, you are, your sins that you have committed before will be removed. A sin by a sin after a sin. They will keep being removed as long as you feel grief or feel any kind of sadness. So we will, Allah is the most generous, so even to the extent that He makes any reason for us so that He can forgive us. As the Prophet ﷺ said. And in those days that like these, nowadays these days, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching everyone's heart. And He looks at their hearts, how they re received this affliction, this ibtila. Were they patient? Did they mention or remember the words of Allah and the words of sabra and ibtila? Allah is watching their hearts as well as He is watching our hearts. We are all, as we said, we have this tie of Iman that connects all of us together. So He's watching our hearts. So everyone or anyone who felt their pain, Allah is watching their heart and rewarding them. And everyone who does not care, those who do not care for other believers, they are not one of them. They are not part of this group of believers. They are not one of these Muslims or believers. So if you felt that you يعني, started to forget or don't watch any more the news or trying to like, no, this news make me feel depressed. I don't want to watch this. I want to just enjoy my time. This is not a good sign of Iman. So we, keep, we have to keep following the news and reading and supporting them and at least making dua for them. And the least we can do, which will be rewarded for, as I said, is to grieve for their pain. And I said a story yesterday, and I would like to say another story that is close to it. Ahad al-Salihin, one of the tabi'een, the followers, he saw Umar ibn Khattab anhu in his dream. You know Umar, Amirul Mu'mineen. Like if you want to count his, يعني, يعني, his unique things that he has done in his life, they are a lot. Umar al-Faruq, Amirul Mu'mineen, Sahabi, Rasulillah. He is Umar, and we know who is Umar, and who Umar is, I mean. He saw Umar in his dream. Then he asked him, Ya Umar, Ya Amir al-Mumin, what did Allah do with you or for you? Umar said, Allah forgave me. Then he replied, the man who, in the dream, he replied and said, how did he forgive you or why did he forgive you? Umar said, there was a night, or a day I mean, and I was walking by the market, a souk, and I saw a little kid playing with a bird. And he kept it in a cage and he kept like playing with that bird in a way that like caused harm to that bird. So I didn't want to like um, take it from him. So I gave him money. I bought it. I bought that bird from that boy and I took it. Then I let it go. He said in the dream, he said, and Allah forgave all your sins because of this. He said, yeah, and the rest of my deeds raised my ranks in Jannah. That's how Allah is the most generous, the most appreciative, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So do not underestimate this feeling, this grief, this time that you spend following the news and reading and making dua for them and talking to people, you know, to gather or collect some donations for them. These moments, these times are very and highly appreciated by Rabbuk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
إن تقرض الله قرضا حسنا الله سيز القرآن إن تقرض الله قرضا حسنا يضاعف لكم ويغفر لكم والله شكور حليم If you lend to Allah a good loan He will multiply it for you and forgive you for Allah is most appreciative most forbearing So these days the second message of like from the earthquake these days are the days of Tawheed and I want you to pay attention to the word Tawheed what does the word Tawheed means? mean? What does it mean? Tawheed is believe, believe in one God, right? And it has another meaning in Arabic. Tawheed means unity, like to be all together. So Allah, or in Arabic, it is chosen this word to give different meanings. But in fact, those two different meanings or two different routes of understanding that word, they come together at the end. For any religion, that does not give assistance and aid to mankind is not a religion. And any religion that does not command its followers to look for others who are in need and commands them to support them, it's not a religion. If our Islam has told you, or it didn't, but if it told you, you care for yourself, you can just pray and you will go to Jannah, you can just pay charity and you will go to Jannah, then I'm telling you and I'm telling myself, I should not believe in that religion anymore. My religion should make me happy and make me support people to be happy. This is a religion. This is how a religion is. So any religion, any thoughts that doesn't command its followers to give assistance and aid to others, it's not a religion. It's just like a philosophy, some words that people can talk and beautiful, give beautiful talks and speeches, but it's actually, in fact, it is nothing. It's not a religion that someone could die in the cause of that religion or and any Muslim his understanding of deen of religion is limited to I care for myself and my family only and this is all what I need to do in life this is my religion is to pray fast give charity and that's it anyone's understanding of religion is limited to this this is a deficient in his understanding or her understanding so deenuna deenu tawheed a tawheed to pray or worship one God and a tawheed is unity to feel for others the way you feel for yourself. This is the second message. The third message of from earthquake Al Iman. This is from Nasr Hadith from uh, the Hadith the Prophet said that we believe that Allah's decree concerning me is just. Let me ask you this, and you can answer yourself. To yourself, I mean. Do you believe that everything that happened, or is happening, or will happen to you, good or bad, that you deserve it? Sometimes, or most of the times, we think, I did not deserve that punishment. It is, I see, I'm seeing it as a punishment, and I feel like, I, what have I done in my life to get punished in that way? What have I done to get afflicted in that way? What have I done to pass through this very hard test? Why di what did I do in my life? Then this question, yeah, we stop here and we say, yeah, Allah is just and He is Al-Adl, and we don't go further. But actually sometimes when our Iman becomes very weak, we might go further than that. We might start thinking and like wondering, why Allah is doing this to me? And you can even ask yourself, and now we are asking this, why, why there is something called earthquakes? What is the wisdom? What is the hikmah 
of having kids starving and dying to uh, because of starvation under the ruins of these like destroyed buildings where is the wisdom here what is the wisdom of having a horrible earthquake like that that will leave everyone who stayed alive after it will leave them with very bitter horrible memories that will stick to their minds to the rest of their lives what is the wisdom in seeing a baby, a newborn, like 20 days old, as we saw in the news, that lost her whole family, and she's going to live alone with no family, no money, nothing? Where's the wisdom here? Tell me, where's the wisdom? How could we say that every decree has a wisdom in it, and we see all of these things, and it doesn't make any sense to us, right? And these are very, like, normal and, like, understandable questions. How, or how could... We believe that there, are, there is a wisdom behind every decree. What is the unseen? Those, this is the second ayah in the second surah, right? The second page in Quran. Second ayah in second surah on the second page. Or the third ayah. Those who believe in the unseen. So when we ask ourselves, what is the unseen? The answer that comes right away to our minds is the unseen is Allah, we have not seen him. The unseen is his malaika, his angels. The unseen is Jannah and Nar, those are unseen. Al-Jinn is unseen to us. Al-Akhirah is unseen to us. But actually one of the great unseen, unseen things that we have to believe in from that ayah is Al-Hikmah. The wisdom, Allah's wisdom behind every affliction or every decree. This is unseen. We do not see it by our eyes, but we believe that there is a wisdom. We did not see Jannah by our eyes, but we believe that there is a Jannah. We did not see angels by our eyes, but we believe that they exist. We do not, of course, see Allah by our eyes, but we believe 100% that we, there is Allah, right? So one of the unseen, one of the ghayb is al-hikmah. And we have to believe in this sentence, al-hikmah min al-ghayb. Al-Hikmah will always become and remain as part of the unseen. If Allah, which happens sometimes, He gives us like part of the Hikmah, just to show us one of His signs, one of His attributes, so He shows us some of His Hikmah. But the base that we should believe in, that the Hikmah min al-Ghayb, the wisdom is from the unseen. We cannot comprehend and understand everything that happens in life, in this life, unless we meet and see and be, stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, and only then, He will tell us why He did what, he, what was done or what happened. So I hope that everyone here keeps repeating this in their minds. Al-Hikmatu min al-Ghayb. The wisdom, Allah's wisdom behind every decree is from the unseen. You say and you claim that you are one of those who believe in the unseen, part of the unseen is al-hikmah. I kept repeating it to make sure that everyone like, like believes in it. Al-hikmatu min al-ghayb. And then comes the question, so why does he hide it? What is the point of hiding al-hikmah if it would cause some people to leave their religion, to stop believing in God, to become atheists? Right? Like we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we believe in his hikmah, his wisdom that he is all wise and he is all seeing and he is all hearing. We believe in him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why does he let us pass through this very tough times and see all this destruction and sadness and like 
afflictions happening to us and to people around us and to people in Turkey and Syria and he still yet hides the wisdom we want to see something right we want some cure and heal for our hearts if Allah would make it clear if Allah would open up his hikmah and make it clear to everyone to see it and understand it where is the test then where is the trial of this life because believers and non-believers all of them will see the hikmah so all of them will have to believe but when we see the hikmah on the day of judgment on that day there is no benefit for people to uh, like benefit for them to oh now I see the hikmah I see the wisdom I believe in God I believe in Allah if people are on the day of judgment and they see the hikmah they will benefit nothing for their iman because there is no more chance for them to change their belief but in this life the wisdom has to be hidden because this is the main part of the creation of Adam and his children when Allah told him do not eat from that tree did he say why he didn't and after Adam ate from that tree did anything bad happen to him did anything good happen to him nothing he just ate it and that's it yeah there is like some consequences that happened after that but eating from that tree was nothing but there is a hikmah what is the hikmah Allah hid it from Adam and he didn't tell him why so what happened happened with Adam in Jannah at that time that Allah told him do not eat from that tree and he hid the hikmah the wisdom or the the reason for preventing him from eating from that tree is what is happening with us on earth all the way until we die wisdom Allah's wisdom is from the unseen is part of the unseen we can never and if it happened that you saw the hikmah Allah showed you after like for example you passed through uh, had a very bad affliction in your life or turmoil or anything that ba bad that happened to you and after a year you saw how beneficial this thing was for you and you you start saying yeah subhanallah there was a big wisdom from Allah I thank Allah I'm very grateful that this bad thing happened to me this is an extra credit or extra thing that Allah gave to you to make you see the hikmah but don't get used to it don't get used to it and start to wait and comprehend and try to read between the lines for every hikmah and look for that hikmah or seek for it no it doesn't happen always that you will see it actually the yani the base as i said the main stream of uh, the way this life works that hikmah is always part of the unseen and as i said if allah would make it clear the non-believers, the atheists, everyone, even shaitan himself, iblis himself, will become a believer. He would see everything clear and he would start to see, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. So there is no point of this whole life. So we have to believe that this is part of the hikmah. And what happens is this. The believers, those who believe in Allah, will grow more in faith along with their faith. And th when they see afflictions and they don't see the hikmah, they will say, Kullun min indi rabbina. Everything comes from our God, our Lord, our Allah. Everything comes from Him. We believe in it. And those who do not believe this, the 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 non the يعني, the non-existence of the hikmah when they do not when they are not able to see it, the hikmah, this will increase their like sins and increase them in their disbelief in God. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if I ask you now, 
Do you believe that, I, I started with that question. Do you believe that any affliction or trial or turmoil or any bad hardship that you pass through, that you deserve it? Meaning, deserve it means that there is a wisdom behind it that Allah knows that you deserve that test. Do you believe in this? The answer should be yes. Why is he hiding it? Because this is the purpose of this creation. We cannot see the hikmah. And now comes another question. Is affliction a punishment? I know most of us here know the answer. Any affliction, any trial is not a punishment or could be a punishment and could be a maghfirah, like a reason for forgiveness. It depends on what? It depends on one thing, your reaction. If you react as a believer, then this affliction is not a punishment for sure. This is for you a reason for forgiveness. If your reaction was like losing hope or losing iman or saying bad words towards the hikmah and qadrillah, then this was a punishment for you. So what decides for our afflictions, whether they are punishments or they are like gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what decides it is our reaction to those afflictions and trials. And you remember the story of Ayyub alayhi salam. You know Ayyub, like Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu salam, he passed through a very hard test, very hard. And until the people around him who believed in him as a prophet, they started to say, and he would hear it from them, he must have done something horrible, a very great and major sin that caused him what he is passing through. And he's a prophet. And that was one of the most, uh, like, like the worst things that he, uh, that made him feel really bad. That he started to see people around him doubt that he is a sinner. He's actually like the worst sinner among all of them. And after that, we all read his story in Quran and we call him Sayyiduna Ayyub. Sayyiduna Ayyub. So all of these afflictions were given to him as gifts. Why? Because his reaction was a reaction of a believer. Al-Bashir al-Ibrahimi, I, I always like to like get some quotes from uh, him. He is um, like his very beautiful scholar. يقول, and please يعني, pay attention to this. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. يقول, ليس التدريب المتواصل ولا اعتياده وليس أمر نعتاده بكثرة تجارب الفزع لأن القلب لا يعتادها البشير الإبراهيمي says when he recited this ayah he said the ayah says whoever comes with a good deed will be rewarded with what is better and they will be secure from the horror of that day the day of judgment resurrection so he said every time I contemplate this verse I see how the way to security on the day of judgment of fear is not by continuous training. You cannot train yourself to accept that fear and be ready. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be scared. There is no kind of exercising or training that can help you to avoid the fear of that day. Nothing can help you. Like you can imagine like people who, people who suffered that earthquake, what kind of training in life could make them be ready to accept that fear. Nothing. 
there is no way for anyone to train themselves for that day to be uh, safe and secure. And this is what the ayah says. There is no way for anyone to be get used or trained to that fear of, of the day of judgment only but giving charity and doing good deeds. This is what Allah said. And at the end of the ayah, he said, Those who come with good deeds on that day, the only way for you to protect yourself and prevent yourself from the fear on that day is by bringing a lot of good deeds with you. That's the only way to feel secure on that day. So when you look at any bala, any affliction, and that your reaction to that affliction, you got scared here. You felt horrible. You felt depression. You felt very sad. You felt like deeply grieved. And then you said, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. La hawla wa la illa billah. And you kept, yani, giving yourself some kind of hope and belief in God subhanahu wa ta'ala, these moments will come on the Day of Judgment as a reason for you to feel secure on that day. Man hasana this is one of the hasana. Hasana means good deed. So this is one of the good deeds. So when your reaction to any affliction is good and it's all rida with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will come on the Day of Judgment secured from any fear on that day. And when we say fear, I think this would need يعني, another lecture. What is the fear of that day? The fear that would make angels, all the malaika, so scared on that day. The fear that would make us when we go toward, towards any of the prophets except Muhammad وسلم, and ask them to come with us for intercession and shafa'ah, they would all say, we cannot do anything. Inna Rabbi ghadib ghadba, lam Allah is so upset with all mankind in a way that we have never seen before and we would never seen, see later. We cannot talk to God, to Allah on that day. The prophets would say that, except our Prophet So how would you feel secured on that day? When you fear anything in this life, save it for later. And say, okay, I accept what is happening to me. I do not see the wisdom, but I accept it. And I accept whatever Allah has decreed for me. And I'm going to save those bad feelings for the day of judgment. Then I will be secured on that day. And the last message for today, and this is maybe the most important message out of all of them. From the ayah and two hadith, we learn something very important. Allah said in Quran, um, <coughs> The Prophet said, The Prophet said, Do not believe uh, whatever the people of the books, the books from Allah, uh, Bible and Torah, do not believe what they say and do not reject it. Whatever يعني, uh, goes along with Quran, accept it. Otherwise, do not believe it. And say, and pay attention to this, and say, we believe in Allah and what has been revealed to us. So what did the Prophet say here? Or what is the point of this? Okay, before I say this, let's say another hadith. 
The Prophet said, The Prophet says, People will continue to ask a question after the other till someone says this God created or Allah created everything. So who created Allah? The Prophet says, Whoever comes across anything of this part of the question or this kind of like thinking should say, should say, I believe in Allah and His messengers. The third hadith, the Prophet said, إِذَا أَصَابَ أَحَدَكُمْ غَمٌ أَوْ كَرْبٌ فَلْيَقُلْ اللَّهُ اللَّهُ رَبِّي لَا أُشْرِكْ بِهِ شَيْئًا وَكَانَ إِذَا رَاعَهُ شَيْءٌ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ اللَّهُ اللَّهُ رَبِّي لَا أُشْرِكْ بِهِ شَيْئًا so the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever, and he himself, whenever he would feel uh, anxiety, he would say this, and he said, who, for everyone who feels uh, like ghammun or karb or anxiety or fear, should say, there is no God but Allah. There is no God but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And he would just say the word Allah. Allah, Allah, Allah. Allahu Rabbi. So what do we يعني, benefit from all these hadith? That whatever you utter when you have any, when you pass through any hardship or any affliction, whatever you say is what will fill your heart. So the Prophet ﷺ said for those who are confused between Quran and the other books, he said, Say, we believe in God, in Allah. And whoever uh, like doubts the creation of this word and until he starts to question who created Allah stop asking here and say start to use your tongue to like get away or get rid of all of these uh, wrong thoughts and say I believe in Allah and whoever feels grief or or karb just say Allah Allah so what this means at the fitna time at afflictions time, at hardship times, use your tongue a lot. Just try to say things, a lot of things, to stop hearing from shaitan or from your own self any wrong thoughts or questions. Just keep saying, Allah, 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 amantu billah. Amantu bi hikmatillah. You doubt Allah's wisdom? I believe in Allah's wisdom that He is the all-wise. Amantu bi hikmatillah. You see there is no mercy in, the, in what happened in Turkey, say, I believe that Allah is the most merciful. You don't see any good thing that happened for people who suffered whatever they are suffering, say, and keep saying it. Say it to yourself loudly. Keep saying it until you feel calm. Until any satanic thoughts go away and only belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remains in your heart. Because at those moments, those very specific moments, shaitan will come and will start make you think more. And this is all what he does. Waswasa. All what he does is this is waswasa. Very soft sound that you hear from like very far. And then you ask a question, then you find this sound comes through and goes along with your thoughts. And then if you do not use your tongue, then and only then your belief, your iman, your belief, your iman will start to shake. 
So whenever, and please remember this, يعني, this is what the most important thing in this halaqah. Whenever you have or pass through any hardship, use your tongue to strengthen your iman in your heart and keep saying amantu billah. When you see your kids like do not understand, do not, cannot comprehend why this is happening in this way, where is Allah? Why did he let things go in that way? Why doesn't he stop it? Just say amantu billah. I believe in Allah. Amantu bihikmatillah. You don't see the wisdom, amantu biha. I do not see it, but I believe in it. Amantu biqudratillah. I believe in his power. I believe that he can do whatever he wants. But he just doesn't want to do it right now. Why? Because he has hikmah. So he has the power, he has the qudra, and he has the hikmah. And out of all of this, and behind all of this, and on top of all of this, he, has the mo he is the most merciful. He has the best and the utmost mercy ever. So when you say why this is happening to them, ask yourself, am I more merciful than Allah? Astaghfirullah. Do I understand better than him? Astaghfirullah. I can't, I can't, we can't even say that. But we have to say it when those questions come to our minds. Amantu billah. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ even taught us. He said, and he himself, when he was, when he would feel any anxiety, he would say, Allahu Allahu Rabbi. La bihi shay'an. Allah, and you see the word Allah. And you would see in Surah Al-Anbiya, all the stories of prophets in that surah, the, Allah mentioned in these surahs all the affliction they have uh, been through. And you, you would find something very beautiful, that all of them did not actually make long du'as or long supplications. Actually, all what they said is, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, wa yuba idh nada rabbahum. So all of them, they just said, Ya Rabb, as if the, um, the amount of like hardship and turmoils that they are passing through is too much to explain. Too much to say, like, what, what would I say? Talk about this or make dua for this or make dua for that. It's too many things, like I can't handle them anymore. So all what I can say, Ya Rabb, like the Prophet ﷺ, Allah. When he was traveling from, uh, when he went from Mecca to Al-Ta'if, before he migrated to Medina, he went to, from, he left Mecca, he was khalas, like, I'm done with the people of Mecca, and I, I want to find another place to migrate to with all my companions, so we can settle there and start to do our da'wah. So he went to Ta'if, as you know the story, and as soon as he went there or approached Ta'if, he talked to them, they mocked him, they made fun of him, they belittled Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then they kicked him out of the city and they asked the little kids and uh, like Al-Majaneen to run after him and stone him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he kept 50 years old man, very respectful man, his whole life among his whole tribe and, and even yeah, the whole Quraysh and Mecca. And he kept like running away from those kids who kept running after him, stoning him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then he went on, under that tree and he sat down and uh, he had Sayyidina Zayd ibn Haritha, he was a little kid, he went with him in this trip. He kept يعني, removing and wiping the blood off his feet and he kept removing it and looking at the Prophet he wouldn't know what to say but he heard the Prophet saying that dua and he, the Prophet said, why would you leave me alone? You can imagine our Prophet said this, why would you leave me alone? Why do you leave me to those enemies who keep doing what you have seen they are doing to me? 
And even those who are close to me, my family, my tribe, are not even anything better than those people I met in Ta'if. But then he ended up his dua by saying, If you are not upset with me, I'm fine. I'm okay with whatever is happening. I'm okay. So we learn from all of this. When you pass through any hardship, which I believe everyone here has his and her own story of hardships and turmoils and afflictions, use your tongue to protect your heart. Use your tongue to protect your heart. You know, we all know that Al-Qalb, <clears throat> if our heart becomes good, all our body will be good. You know what the Prophet said? He said in many hadith that the tongue is the leader of the heart. And he says in the hadith that when your body wakes up in the morning with you, all your limbs and your heart and all your body parts, all of them will speak to, your, to the tongue and will call him, Ya Lisan, fina. Fear Allah for us. For you, if you go straight, we will all go straight behind you. And if you go astray, we will all go astray behind you. In istaqamta, istaqamna, al-lisan, the tongue. وَإِنْ إِعْوَجَجْتَ So use your tongue to protect your iman. And it happens like it takes no time for people to lose their faith in God, in Allah. It takes literally no time if we do not protect it by our tongues. So, and teach this to your kids, please. Tell them, قولوا, and this is in Quran. Allah said, قولوا, O believers, say, قولوا, say it. And finally, um, the hadith the Prophet used to teach one of his daughters this hadith, this dua to say in the morning and uh, in the evening. He told her, the Prophet said, whoever says it in the morning will be guarded till the evening. And whoever says it in the evening will be guarded till the morning. And guarded here, it means guarding like for everything, including his faith, his iman, will be guarded and protected from a deviation, inshallah. Say every day when you get up in the morning, Glory be to Allah, and I begin with praise of Him. There is no power but in Allah. What Allah wills comes to pass, and what He does not will does not come to pass. ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشاء لم يكن. What Allah wills will happen. What Allah does not will <coughs> will not happen. And behind all of this, whatever He chooses or wills, it has the best benefit for us and the most wisdom for everyone. Amantu Billah. Can you say it and يعني, try to memorize it in Arabic so you can say it whether in your language or in Arabic, but it's also beautiful to know it in Arabic. Amantu Billah. Amantu bi hikmatillah. Amantu bi qudratillah. Amantu bi rahmatillah. 
وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين صلى الله تعالى ان يدفعنا بما قلنا وان يعلمنا ما ينفعنا وان يزيدنا علما وان يجعلنا ممن يستمعون القول فيتبعون احسنه وان يحفظ اخواننا في سوريا وتركيا وان يهون عليهم وان يخفف عنهم وان ينزل عليهم السكينه والرباط والثبات والايمان والايمان ربنا افرغ عليهم صبرا ربنا افرغ عليهم صبرا ربنا افرغ عليهم صبرا واعنهم يا رب وهون عليهم وخفف عنهم اطعم جائعهم واكس عاريهم واسق عطاشهم واجعلهم من الامنين ومن المؤمنين اللهم امين وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين